has a lot to say about what it will be like as the world comes to an end. We've already looked in a previous program at this topic. But what happens when the world ends is very, very interesting indeed. And I want to invite you today to open your Bibles with me, to follow along and let the Lord convict you, not just on how the world will end, but how to be ready. God bless you. Thank you for watching and listening. Welcome to this program this morning and I know that as we open the Bible you're going to be blessed and I'm praying that you'll be able to learn something that will bring you closer to Jesus. I just want to ask you to bow your heads as we ask the Lord to be here with us as we begin this very exciting Bible study. Dear Jesus, we come before you this morning recognising our great need for you. We want to pray that you'll be in this building, that you'll touch hearts here Lord you touch the hearts of those watching on television? May we be able to understand this Bible study and apply it to our lives so our lives will be better and be brought closer to you. We're praying this, God, because we know you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen. There's a lot of confusion in the world today about the millennium. In fact, many of you sitting out there listening to this topic this morning, listening to this Bible study, may never have even heard of the term the millennium. It actually means 1,000 years. And in Christianity, in Christianity, after the second coming of Jesus, there are many, many different ideas on what will happen. There are some preachers that will tell you that, look, uh, after Jesus comes, he will set up a kingdom here on this earth for a thousand years. There are others that will tell you that when Jesus comes, he'll take the righteous, that will be a secret rapture, that they'll just disappear off the planet and then for a thousand years Satan will rule on the earth and there'll be a battle between Satan and God on the earth. Well, I uh, have heard, I guess, all the ideas and it seems to me that when we're studying this subject of the millennium, or if you like, what happens after Jesus comes the second time? Then it's to the Bible we should go. And I want to tell you this morning that the Bible is not in most places a difficult book to understand. In fact, if I can understand it, I believe that most average Australians can read it and get a fairly good idea of what God is trying to tell them in the Bible. And so as we look at this subject this morning, the millennium, or what happens to you after Jesus comes, and as we look at it from the Bible, I trust that you'll be able to see for yourself what God says actually is going to happen. I'm a great believer as a preacher, as I read the Bible, as I look at the events in the world, I'm a great believer that this world is coming to an end. In fact, I think the signs that Jesus gives us in Matthew 24 that tell us this world is coming to an end are very evident. 
In fact, I've already said in programs before this that the signs are so strong that it's very difficult not to come to the conclusion that Jesus is almost here, that his coming is right at the door. In fact, you look at them, there are wars. Oh, I wish there weren't, but there are. There's financial insecurity. There's murders, there's rapes, there's crime. There's inhumanity, there's famine, there's disasters, natural and man-made all over the planet. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24 that when you see these signs, look up because your redemption is coming. And I believe Jesus is returning and is returning soon. And the Bible says, and I want to just go back just a few moments with you to share with you this morning what the Bible has to say about what it will be like when Jesus does come. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. Something I believe is upon us. The Bible says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Look, when Jesus comes, the sky will be full of angels. You'll see Jesus sitting in great power in the sky. And the Bible says that when he comes down, his voice will peal out across the earth and those who died and loved him will rise up from the ground. There will be a resurrection. And then the Bible further goes on in verse 17, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, After that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we shall be with the Lord forever. So what happens after Jesus comes? Well, the Bible says that we who love the Lord rise up in the air and thus we shall be with the Lord forever. You go to John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. It says that we go with Jesus then to heaven. Now, oh, I wish I had more time to talk about this. But if the earth is over here, and I don't know where heaven is, but I know with our largest telescopes we can't see it. It must be billions, perhaps trillions of light years away. If the, if the earth is here, then heaven must be way, way, way over here somewhere. And heaven is a good place. It's a place you want to go. In fact, I, I tell my little girls as I talk to them about heaven because they will say to me, Daddy, what is heaven like? I'll say to them, you can let your imagination run as wild as it can. You can go as far as you like. You cannot yet begin to imagine what heaven will be like. A place where there'll be no more pain. A place where there'll be no more tears, no more hurting, no more wars, no more famines, no more disasters. A place where every human being who has the joy of going there will never ever want to leave. But earth is here and heaven is over there. It is a long, long way away. We must be, I think, I believe, as we rise up in the air to be with the Lord, about to go on a journey. And we will, you think of this for a moment, we will go for a journey with God from earth to heaven and it will take some time. And I imagine we will wing our way with God and I, I can't imagine what it will be like when millions, perhaps billions of people going through space, on, I, I just can't imagine it, on their way to heaven. Will we, will we go past planets and will we, will we go to places God has created that we never knew existed? Perhaps we may meet peoples that, that were created by God that never fell into... I just don't know 
what will happen. But I know that that journey must be something incredible. But that's what will happen for those who love Jesus. But I want to pick up the story in the Bible. What happens after the second coming? We know the saints. We know that those who love God go to heaven. But what actually happens on the earth? And how does this great battle between God and Satan end? Revelation chapter 20 verse 1 to 3. I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. There's your millennium. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And listen, watch, look, after that, he must be set free for a short time. After Jesus comes, stay with me this morning. After Jesus comes, those who love him, those who who have given their hearts to him, go with Jesus from earth to live in heaven and they will be in heaven, the Bible says, for one thousand years. You imagine the planet they leave behind. What will the earth be like after Jesus comes, we go to heaven and Satan is chained? Well, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 6, have a look at it, verse 12. It says that when Jesus comes, there'll be a great earthquake. The Bible says, and we've looked at this in a previous meeting, in Jeremiah 25, verse 33, that when Jesus comes, all the wicked, those who never gave their hearts to Jesus, will be lying on the face of the earth, sad as this is, from one end to the other, dead. So there'll be an earthquake, there'll there'll be terrible carnage, the earth will be in a mess. Now, broken down buildings, broken bridges. The sun, the Bible tells us, will refuse to shine. There will be darkness. There will be absolute chaos. And can I put it to you that this absolute chaos is the result of Satan's reign on this planet. The earth will be left in a total and complete mess. In fact, the Bible says that not only is the earth in a mess, but Satan, an angel comes down, and by the way, that angel is Jesus Christ himself, An angel comes down, grabs hold of Satan and puts him in a pit and chains him there. Now, I have a little daughter. Her name is Danae and she can be very naughty at times. I have an interesting way I like to punish her when she's misbehaving. I'm not one really for smacking children at all. I think there are very good ways of dealing with with children other than smacking them. And you know what I do to her? When she's misbehaving, I say, Danae, upstairs and into the bathroom. Oh, she hates going to the bathroom. Why does she dislike going to the bathroom? If I send her to her bedroom when she's misbehaving, she goes to a wonderland. There are books, there are toys, there are all sorts of wonderful things to entertain Danae in her room. But if I want to punish her, I don't want to entertain her. I want her to remember, hey, what you did was wrong. I want her to remember in her mind, don't do it again. So I send her to the bathroom. Oh, she dislikes going to the bathroom. And she will go up there with a very, very glum face. And if I keep her in the bathroom for ten minutes, for her it's like a millennium. Why? Because she's got nothing to do in the bathroom except stare at the shower and the soap holders and think about what she's just done. Now I want to put it to you that when an angel, Jesus Christ himself, 
comes down and grabs the devil and I can't wait for it because he is the author of all the pain and all the sin and all the suffering on this planet that we live on. When an angel comes down and grabs the devil, Jesus himself, what he actually does when he binds him for a thousand years is he puts him on a place where he can no longer tempt human beings. Now let me, let me take you further. Those who never chose Jesus, their lives are lost. They no longer live on the earth. In fact, there is no life on the earth. If you look at the Bible, it says very clearly in verse 2 of Revelation 20, He, Jesus, seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him to an abyss. It's like he threw the keys away. Could it be that the, the Lord Jesus Christ forces the devil to spend a thousand years on this planet where there are no human beings, where there is no one to tempt, in fact, where there is nothing to do. And can you imagine the devil for a thousand years sitting, walking around, doing whatever he does on this planet in total darkness and the planet's in chaos and ruin? Can you imagine what a punishment that will be? I believe that's what Jesus will do for 1,000 years. He will force the devil to live on this earth with his demon angel. Oh, can you imagine the arguments and the strife that that evil horde will have as they blame each other and and there are recriminations for for, for the evil rule and the chaos that that they themselves have brought on the planet. For a thousand years they'll be here, doomed to think of nothing else other than the results of their rule on our earth. We, those who love Jesus, will be in heaven. We will be in paradise. I'm going to do a sermon on that topic, on the topic of heaven alone in the very near future. What happens? Well, we go to paradise. The Bible says Satan is bound to the earth. Now, I want to just share with you for a moment what we do for that thousand years. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. That's those who love Christ. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. Over, I know of over 300 million souls, people in history, who have lost their lives for Jesus rather than go down the way of the devil. Go and have a look at history. Go and have a look at the dark ages. You'll see it for yourself. These are these people. They're there in heaven. The Bible says they had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. Stay with us. We're going to look at that topic in the not too distant future. Who's the beast? What's the image to the beast? Interesting things that are coming in future programs. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. This is us. This is the, this is the redeemed. The redeemed come to life. We know it. The second coming. That's what happened. And they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead, that's those, the wicked, the Bible says. Look at it. Verse 5. Did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Verse 6, blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection at the coming of Christ. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Now what does all that mean? It means what we've already been looking at, that the wicked who never gave their hearts to Jesus will be dead for a thousand years, but that is not the end of the story for their lives either. 
Those who love Christ for a thousand years, look at what the Bible says. Have a look at it again. They will be in heaven with Christ, reigning with him. Oh, what a privilege to reign with Christ over the universe. I believe, and I I believe it with my heart, that there are millions, perhaps billions of other, maybe trillions of other worlds out there that God has created that never followed into the paths of darkness, that never fell for Satan's traps and his deceptions, that never joined his rebellion. For a thousand years in heaven, we will reign with Christ over the universe. Us, the rebel planet. Us, the ones who turned from God. Us, the ones that God, he had to send his son Jesus to save us. Amazing. We will redeem, that means saved, Reign with Christ over the universe. Princes, the high king, royal family. What a privilege over the entire universe. We will reign with Christ for over a thousand years. And to be honest, I think that will be indeed a great, great privilege. It's just, you you can let your imagination run right. Of course, the the, the great thing about heaven is Jesus will be there. And and what, what a wonderful thing it will be to listen to Jesus preach. And to go up and look into Jesus' eyes and to speak to Jesus face to face, this is what we as human beings are designed to do. And we'll be able to do it in heaven. And you can be there. This can be your experience if you'll let Jesus into your heart. But you know, the story's not over. Because after a thousand years, something interesting happens. The Bible says when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations and the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle in number. They are like the sands of the sea. See, I find this very interesting because if you go to Revelation chapter 21, the Bible says in verse 2, and John is in vision, and this is an amazing thing, and just, just follow the Bible of what it says here. It says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. Look, if we had more time, I could show you how the Bible says the new Jerusalem is from Brisbane to Melbourne Long. It is from Brisbane to Melbourne Wide. And this, is, this boggles the mind, but it's true. It is from Brisbane to Melbourne High. There are dimensions of life up there we don't understand. That city that God made for you and me is brought from heaven down to earth with you in it. Now, what a trip that'll be. This is almost Star Wars, isn't it? Well, in effect, this is the real Star Wars. And it is interesting because the Bible says in verse 7, when the thousand years are over, Satan's released from his prison. How's Satan released from his prison? Well, simple. There is a resurrection. Now, you'll be in one of two resurrections. You'll be in the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus You'll be in this resurrection at the end of the millennium. Those who are in the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus are saved. Those who are in the resurrection at the end of the millennium, at the end of the thousand years, at the end of the thousand years that Satan had spent on the earth reflecting on his own evil deeds, they're the wicked. So one way or another, you'll be in one resurrection or the other. The Bible says, let me read it for you again, when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. There will be one more battle between God and Satan. This is it. And they surround the city of the saints, 
millions, trillions, and I can only use my imagine, imagination here as Satan, I'm, I'm sure, points at the city. And he says, we can take that city. He looks across the vast army that he now has at his disposal. We can take the city. And the Bible says this is an amazing story. It will happen. You can believe it. You don't have to believe it. It will happen. The Bible says they marched across the breadth of the earth and they surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulphur. Are tormented there forever. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a story like I believe many of you may have never heard. The New Jerusalem is attacked by all the wicked, by the hordes of Satan's demons, by Satan himself. This is the end of the great battle between Satan and God. And it has to end at some time or another. And you know, I, I don't believe this is how it is. But legend says, I don't know whether it's emus or ostriches, tend to put their head in the sand when there's great danger or there's something ahead of them that they don't like. I want to tell you this morning that there is no room for that. Whether you put your head in the sand or not and whether you are prepared to accept what the Bible has to say on this subject or not does not change the reality that this will happen. One day you will be either in the city or out of the city. You'll either be saved or you won't be saved. It is a choice that every human being has. This is a date. This story that we have looked at today is a date with destiny that you have and there is no escape from it. You don't have to believe it. It'll still happen. You don't have to make a choice for Jesus. It'll still happen. It doesn't matter what we think, how we try to change it. The Bible says it will happen and as surely as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, it will happen. You make a choice today. And whether or not you will allow Jesus into your heart, whether you will allow Jesus into your life and whether you will allow Jesus to save you. And it reminds me as I close of a story of an Indian and his son and they were fishing on the ice. Now, I'm not a great fisherman. In fact, I, I, I've barely caught a fish in my life. I've been a few times, but, but not very good at it. But these were very good fishermen. They're Eskimos. Fish is something they, they eat almost uh, exclusively as a diet. And they're out on the ice and they were fishing and through a hole in the ice and they were doing very well. And they were, they were pulling the fish up one after another. It was a good day of fishing. When all of a sudden there was a crack. And both the Indian and his son knew what had happened. Spring was coming on. The snows were beginning to melt and the ice had cracked with the mainland. Quickly, the Indian's son, he turned around and he ran as fast as he could and he launched out over the widening gap between the ice flow they were on and the mainland and landed on the ice on the other side. And then he turned around to his father and he said, Father, run! Father, jump quickly before it's too late. And his father stood there and he looked at the widening gap and there was fear on his face and he hesitated. The Indian son's remonstrations, cries to his father, they, they, they got louder and they got more urgent. Quickly, father, run, jump before it's too late. You know, that Indian stood there on the ice as the gap got wider and wider till it was too late. And the son never saw his father again because he hesitated. I want to encourage you 
this morning as you sit in this church. I want to encourage those of you who watch this on television. What we have been talking about is urgent and serious. Do not hesitate. This world is coming to an end. The things that we have looked over in the last two weeks coming directly from the Bible will happen. Do not hesitate. Heed the warning signals, the warning signs in the Bible that tell us Jesus is coming soon. Be ready for him. Invite him into your heart. Oh, it's a good thing to have Jesus walking with you on this world and it'll be even better in the world to come. Jesus invites you today to give your life and your heart to him. Will you hear his call? Will you follow him? Will you let him save you? It is your choice. Do not hesitate. Time is short. Jesus is coming. This world will end. Eternity beckons. Let us pray. Dear God, over the last two programs, the last two weeks, we've spoken about your second coming and now we've talked about the millennium, Lord, this great battle that is yet to be fought. I pray this morning, God, that you will touch lives, that you will move them, that they will heed the call, that they will hear the warning and that Jesus, they'll let you into their hearts. They'll experience the wonder of what it is to walk with you on this earth and they'll know the joy and the certainty and the assurance it is to know that when you come, Jesus, through you they will be ready. May this be the experience of each person in this church and each person watching on TV. Right now I pray in your name. Amen. This has been a very interesting study today and I hope you've enjoyed it. In fact, it's one of my favourite. If you want to know more, if you'd like to talk to somebody about this, look, call us on the number on screen. We'd be very happy to send somebody to you to speak further on this wonderful subject. Otherwise, you can call us, you can email us. We're very happy to send you a free DVD or audio of this beautiful, wonderful study. God bless you. Have a great day. Enjoy you.